Some stories are just too unbelievable. Some say they have to be heard to believe. Such a story is what I have for you tonight. Many people believe that hell is an inaccessible place that is beyond human comprehension. The level of fear and worry that we're experiencing is unparalleled. This is like being trapped in a nightmare. The thought of eternal torment and hellscapes filled our minds. The air is dense and depressing, and there were just a few trees scattered throughout the otherwise treeless landscape. As we walk for what seems like hours until we reach an area where the ground is scorched and the air heavy with smoke and screaming, we are now in the depths of hell and we must claw our way back to get out. It is a reason of unending torment where the heavy heat and smoke of burning things and the stench of sulfur filled air in the midst of this abyss of darkness, the cries of sorrow are audible. There is a blazing liquid inside of a vast expanse of water. Numerous individuals are forced to endure this agonizing condition. Avoiding hell should be everyone's first priority. The most critical step is to stay away from things that make you feel bad, that tempt you to transgress. In case you were eternally sentenced to hell, please tell me what you would do. Have you checked to see whether hell still has a spot for you? The concept of hell does exist in all cultures even if it's expressed in different manners. Give me access to your mind so I may spin you a narrative for tonight's show. I went to hell but returned. I've never been a very kind person, and that's the honest truth. I used to be a complete scumbag who lied to his wife and the government, stole from his friends, lashed out at his kids at the drop of a hat, so on and so on. One night, while I was driving home from work, I was caught in a sudden ice storm that blocked the highway. I was driving in the sleet and hell without much concern, since in my mind, <laughs> I was driving a four-wheel drive. What could go wrong? But then, a truck in front of me began to slide, it jackknifed, and overturned, coming to a rest not even 10 feet in front of my SUV. I slammed on the brakes, but I still collided into the side of the trailer. I was doing about 70 miles per hour as I blasted through the windshield sending shards of glass soaring into the air like shooting stars. Time seemed to come to a halt. It just stood still. Then, there was a complete blackout, as if I was asleep. I woke up screaming and panting, 
while hiding in the dark, I felt a realm. I felt my body. I felt my arms, my legs, my chest. I felt my face. There were no evidence of wounds or broken bones on my body. In fact, the clothes I was wearing were still intact. They were the same clothes I wore in the collision. Wearing all of my clothes and I had no injuries? What could be going on? In the complete absence of light, I stood with my hands outstretched and stumbled around trying to find my way, uncertain of my steps. For a brief period of time, I was doing this until I ran across an impenetrable barrier. I felt it. It felt like a wall. It was warm and slightly vibrating. My hands seemed to melt into the material like putty. As I attempted to press against it, I tore the wall apart and was throwing the fragments behind me. Then a hole broke through. Light. Light shone through the hole. I could see that the cobblestone floor was in a cave. I was standing in a cave. And it was completely saturated with several inches of dark red blood. The wall was shaped like the monster's stomach. Lone splinters of white bone ran horizontally across the top and bottom, while shorter splinters filled in the gaps. The remaining wall was formed of intestines that had been spooled into a solid wall. The tissue was brilliant. It was red and was actually beating. I looked down at my hands and saw hundreds of little black worms, which looked like maggots, but were much smaller. They were wriggling their way down my forearm, down my fingers. I shouted and spun away as quickly as possible. I attempted to shake them off, but the blistering stinging on my hands remained. After rubbing my hands together for an agonizing minute, then two minutes, then ten minutes, what seemed like an eternity, I was finally able to free them. My stomach was in knots, and I kept checking for any more maggots or other bites while my heart raced out of my chest. The soft burning light that flooded in through the breach I had made in this living wall showed me a door. It was at the far end of a corridor. As far as my eyes could see, there was just a little path leading into, again, darkness. With there being no other way out, I walked down this hall. I held out my hands and ran them along the wall. For what seemed like hours I traveled in a straight line until I saw a red dot. As I came closer, the entrance, which was surrounded again by white polished bones, seemed to be at least 20 feet tall, and it grew in size. It seemed like blue whale bones had been welded together to form an arch at the door's construction. 
my thoughts turned to abandoning my wife and children, as well as my job, as I reached the door. Everything that I had defined me, that had given me life, given me meaning, had been taken from me. I had strayed on my wife many times, but I still loved her. I loved her very much. My main motivation for keeping the truth about my lousy husbandship was the secret from her that I kept out of love, even out of my children. My children had no idea that their father was a dishonest scumbag. I had tried as hard as I could to protect them, building a better future for ourselves. And now, all I wanted was to be with them again. All I needed was another chance to prove that I was a good person at heart. I kept seeing glimpses of their emotions as I walked under this massive archway. It was clearly big enough for a large truck to pass through. When I saw the fluttering light on the other side of the barrier, I took a deep breath and stepped across it. Seeing my mistakes made me completely dumbfounded. The sky above was covered in a blanket of red and black clouds, and I found myself in a vast open field. The light was shown through them, cast a red glow on everything. The field seemed to be a farm, a field in a farm that looked like rows of sorrel being neatly spaced and plowed into straight lines. Out of the earth sprang short brown plants covered in thorns. Several of the plants drooped due to the weight of the egg sac hanging from their tops. Each egg sac was whole and white, but included a black apparition. A humanoid figure rinsed in each bag. I examined them closer. Some had their mouths pressed against the sack wall, as though in a woodless scream, while others tried to push their limbs through the openings. The tough shell of the yoke, however, just flexed with their limbs. It seemed like creatures within the eggs were drowning. As soon as I saw this, I began rushing through the rows of plants, trying not to worry about whether or not the plants were eating the people inside. As I passed through the rows, one of the bags burst, releasing a rotting fluid and dumping a wonderfully beautiful woman at my feet. She had long blonde hair, green eyes, and a lovely complexion with a delicate uptuned nose. As if she were drowning, she gasped and glanced up at me. Do not hurt me, she implored. When I jerked my head sharply, she sprang to her feet. Why would I hurt you? I asked the lady. Weeping, she added, everyone here hurts me. She was sobbing. Her head dropped pitifully and her hands were shaking. I reached out and grabbed her arm. I solemnly pledged that I will not harm you in any way. In my mind, I am fighting for the good guys. I think we should get going. 
now is the time for us to make a break for it. She cried out, There's no way out of here. We can't get away. This place is as bad as it gets. You are in hell. Nobody is still alive here. We are all dead. I scratched my head and started to massage my face and ran my hands through my hair before saying, I don't feel dead. The damage does not seem to be permanent. She nodded at me in recognition and her tears stopped as she stared into my eyes. That's the way everyone enters, she continued, up until they track you down, torture you, burn you, and rip you to pieces. When your body can't bear no more pain, you are laid to rest in this field. Overnight, a sack of plants will form around your body, lifting you to the surface, where you will be fed and your energy restored. The plant's fruit will mature after you have healed enough to withstand more suffering, more torture. It's an endless cycle that never stops. I asked her, who cracks us down? Her eyes widened as she said, oh my God, angel. At that moment, a bolt of lightning shot out of the red blood sky and tore hundreds of plants apart, showing us a combination of blood, amenic fluids, thorns, and leaves. I reached out and grabbed her arm. Let's get out of here. We'll be able to talk more freely once we're in a safer environment. She roared with laughter as if it were the greatest thing imaginable and we took off running. Near the far end of the field, we came upon a paved road. I was pleased to see signs of a route, even though it was severely damaged. It had multiple potholes and was fractured. Part of it on the far side had even been completely wiped away. I pointed excitedly and said, A road! Maybe if we go that way, we can get out of here. She shook her head in dismay at my stupidity, but I didn't listen. I had to convince myself there was a way out, that this place wasn't just an unending wasteland of horrors beneath a blood-red sky. Both directions of the road continued on indefinitely and vanished into the distance. After realizing that the way I initially chose was completely gone in places, I turned around and started going in the opposite direction, this time holding her hand the entire time. The presence of her calmed me down a lot. She reminded me of my wife, maybe because they both had light complexion and kind features. If this place is hell, then why are you even here? As she took a second to consider my question, she looked up at me with shock on her face. She rolled her eyes in annoyance and looked away. Well, I guess there's no purpose in keeping secrets here, she finally said. If we attempt to flee, 
we will be caught and tortured to death. What we call life is nothing more than an endless cycle of pain and death. A lot of them completely lose it. She rubbed her eyes. Then she said, even though I came from a low income background, acting was always something I wanted to do. I met an old man who said he believed in me and volunteered to take me to Los Angeles. But we need financial support to cover the cost of the trip, he went on. Relocating from the East Coast to the West Coast will surely take some money. He convinced me that we should rob a bank, that we could get our hands on some fast money. It's obvious that the outcome was poor. A security officer came and shot him in the head after he panicked and murdered two of the tellers. In my stupidity, I grabbed the gun from the guard, shot and killed him, took the money and ran. As the cops drew in, I slowed down the car. I put the gun to my temple and fired. You know the rest. Murder. Suicide. All tickets to hell. I was obviously quite naive, and I had no intention of spending the rest of my life in jail. In my mind, it was impossible to believe that such a lovely, innocent-looking girl like myself could be incapacitated in a prison. Astounding as it was, it caught me off guard, and I answered, If this is really hell, I don't feel at home here. While it's true that I have a checkered past, I can calmly say I've never murdered anyone. She looked up at me with a surprising expression of fear. She warned that you were fooling no one except yourself here. There aren't any decent individuals in hell. Everybody has done something. After all, honestly, your behavior doesn't bother me in the slightest. The fact that we are both locked up here is all that matters to me. No one should have any expectations. Avoid turning against me at any cost if you want to have any chance of survival. We must depend on one another and remain unified, I explained to her. She agreed. So we made a vow not to turn on one another. The meadows grew and gave way to what seemed to be a decaying western town. Victims were hanging by the neck from street signs. Still, I made an effort to sway her that since it seemed like the most secure place, we should head to this town. We ventured cautiously inside the swinging gates of an old bar. Suddenly, I found myself staring at what seemed to be a medieval warrior with huge white rings spouting from his back. He was wearing a suit of bright blue armor. He raised up a man so that another poured molten lead down his throat. Immediately after his shout, the guy crumbled on the ground, his neck cut by the lead. She then spoke the word, Angels, when they glanced up at us, there were holes where faces should have been. A black void laid underneath a golden helmet 
that seemed to give forth its own light. I grabbed her as they came within striking distance. Take the girl, I cried, and leave me alone. I felt my worried stomach jump to my throat and I shouted. The two of them looked at one another and then looked back at me. You can have her if you only point out the door. I will hold her down while you use fire or sharp tools to dismember her. I will assist you in murdering her, please. I need to get back to my family immediately. One spoke in a deep, drowning temple, his voice resonating and mixing with that of hundreds of other speakers. I asked, how do I get out of here? One of them made the comment, you ride the lightning back up to earth. The lightning bolts were used by magicians, exorcists, ghost hunters, those who were trying to speak with the dead, trying to have a two-way conversation with hell, with the departed. Those who cast lightning and ride it back up may gain control over the fell, the weak. But you will come back to us, however. You always... I nodded and began jogging back to the field. After, I threw the girl to their feet. Lightning was crashing down all around me, shattering the egg sacs and the plants every few seconds. But I no longer felt threatened. As I stood under the red-black sky, I was struck by lightning. I was being pushed upward at an incredible rate, and as I ascended, a fresh viewpoint opened up to me. Two teens gathered around some candles in a cemetery. They were trying to do a ritual, giggling, as if they were playing a game. The leader of the group said, Demons, we call on you to answer us. I immediately plunged in when I heard his voice. His eyes widened in shock as I sent his soul back to the pit from hence I had emerged. I had complete control over his body. The other kid approached me and said, Hey dude, are you alright? In an agreement, I gazed up the clear sky and smiled, relieved to be back in the land of the living. He gave me the strangest look.